2: Thanks for coming to The Antidote. Regular listeners likely know that I'm a big fan of metal, especially metalcore. So I was excited to hear a couple of really great singles earlier this year from a new band on Face Down Records. Confessions of a Traitor isn't like every other metalcore band. I mean, their name is unusual, their style is different, and their lyrics aren't what you typically hear from a metal band. Tonight's first song, A Place Where Your Hope Dies, gives a bit of an idea about their just-released album, Punishing Myself Before God Does. You've probably picked up that I'm impressed by the music of Confessions of a Traitor, and I was just as impressed when I had a chance to speak with their band Frontman. Stephen McConville handles the mic at Confessions of a Traitor. Thanks for taking time for a talk with The Antidote.
0: No, I, I appreciate you having me on board, and uh, I'm excited to kind of dive into the chat today.
2: I want to say right off the top that Confessions of a Traitor is a bit of a rarity because the band has longevity. I mean, it began in what was it, uh, 2013?
0: Yeah, I mean, we've kind of been messing around since 2013 as a as a group of guys, and. You know, I think we've gone through a a little bit of a a lineup change over that period of time. We released an EP back in 2015 and then one in 2017. And I really look at that kind of 2015 when we did a a very small EP as what a lot of bands would do as an experiment. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they they test out their sound, they look at what they want to be and look like and if you listen to it, which I, you can't really find it anywhere, it's not really a reflection on what we are now and what message we have now. We've also had three member changes since that point as well. So, you know, traditionally at that stage, a lot of bands would just say, ah, "Right, we're a brand new band. Here's what the new sound looks like.
2: So you're talking about the debut, the season's EP?
0: Yeah, and I think you know lyrically and conceptually, it's not really what we envisaged. And we had a couple of members in the band at the time that you know quite conflicted about what we wanted to sound like and look like and do. Ultimately, it was a great starting point, and it was fun to do. But I really look at Illuminate, which came out in 2017, as the band starting point. You know, we put a lot of time and effort into refining our sound and kind of coming up with a bit of a. I guess, a, a method and vision of what we wanted the band's message to be and what we what we really believed in. So it's been a bit of a journey, but, you know, three of us have been together since 2013 and then two others have joined along the way.
2: Well, not wanting to harp on the season's EP, but it did have something different from most Christian releases because yeah. it included the F word. <laughs> here's the thing, you know, I've had a couple of European artists I've spoken with who told me that North Americans are too uptight about that word. Do you think there's any truth to that?
0: This is incredible, really, because in the UK, swearing is almost used as like a verb, Mm -hmm. a noun, like a way of kind of getting yourself from one sentence to the other. It's not used in a derogatory way. A lot of the time, it's used as an expression, Having swearing on that EP wasn't actually my choice, which is quite the irony. I remember the producer at the time was like, Yeah, yeah, just drop the F bomb here. And I was like, Oh, you know, I don't really want to have swearing on it. It's no, 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 it's really cool. And when you're kind of a a little bit younger and you're, you know, quite influenced by people around you, you're just like, Okay, yeah, all right. Well, if, if the producer thinks it's cool, we'll just put it in there. I remember stepping out of the studio the moment it had been mastered, been like, that's not what I want to be about. I really want to have this clean, sharp message about what we are and who we are and what our beliefs are. I remember thinking, right, I want, when the new music comes out, to kind of scrub that away and and look at that as like, good starting point, but it's not a reflection on who we are now. But, you know, as a a cultural thing, the UK especially uses bad language as, you know, descriptors and uh, exclamation.
2: Yeah, it's to be emphatic.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Oh, I have trains. You love fire. Now watch burn. I have trains. fire. Now watch us burn. I Be
2: The Wolf the Pack from the Season EP was one of the songs that didn't include the F-bomb. Steve and I also had a chance to talk about the metalcore genre itself and the song Illuminating the Night. Over the years, I've spoken with so many metalcore bands, but, you know, really all of them have been from the States. You know, mm-hmm. none from the UK or Europe. Would you say that metalcore could be considered a North American genre?
0: So if you look at North American metalcore, and you think the bands that pop into your mind immediately, you think Fit for a King, you think August Burns Red, you think Miss May I, all these kind of big titanic bands, Bless the Fall, and they've got a, a very similar sound to them. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got their identifiers for sure. Uh, you know, you know each of them. But you can kind of say, right, there, yeah, they definitely fit into a mold. Whereas in the UK, what you get is you get a lot of mixed genres, a lot of bands that kind of like throw stuff together and, and kind of pitch in a sound. A really big thing for a while in the UK was hardcore. And it was this kind of blend, like this British hardcore, whereas there was a lot of shouting. It wasn't really screaming. And then they chuck in a couple of metalcore riffs and you're like, oh, are they a metalcore band or they're a hardcore band. And there's a lot of this kind of like amalgamation of genres. And Gent then came along, and then it, British metalcore became this kind of like gent core, and it never really kind of had this mass driver of like like a, a certain group of bands that kind of really crafted this one genre of sound. So I don't know if it's a, a North American genre, so to speak, but I think the North Americans definitely have a very distinct sound and a very distinct writing style that, if this band's not from America, I'll eat my hat.
2: <laughs> well, maybe I've been
0: pushing that metalcore tag onto you.
2: Is that how the band defines their sound?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. For a little while, we probably had the bit of that British hardcore influence. You know, we pick up our influences left, right and center, and I think... When people have reviewed the most recent album, Punishing Myself Before God Does, there isn't a common band that people can put their finger on. You know, you hear a little bit of Polaris, a little bit of Architects, a little bit of Gideon, a little bit of current, some As Dying. And, you know, there's not 10 people who've said the same band, which I, which I think is really good. Because it obviously means that, you know, we don't sound like a carbon copy of somebody else, and we're kind of crafting a blend of, of music, but from the metalcore genre.
2: Now, you touched on this a little bit earlier. In 2017, the band released the Illuminate EP. Absolutely. You know, it finished with a song that was pretty, and it was also thoughtful, Illuminating mm-hmm. the Night. Yeah. And part of the lyrics say... On the edge, I spoke to the sky. Like space, will I always be empty? Breathe mm. the life you were given. Embrace the dreams you wish to live in. Now, what about for you personally, Steve? Is Confessions of a Traitor the dream you want, or is there more?
0: Wow. What a question. You are I love, loving, loving this. So, you know, there's, there's a lot going on. Confessions of a Traitor is absolutely the dream that I wish to live. And I think illuminating the night especially is about loss. For me, when I wrote that, it's about loss of self. It's about trying to figure out who you are within this crazy wild world. And, you know, finding a direction, uh, however strange it may be, uh, against all of the kind of traditional norms but really, really, really struggling to discover what that is and kind of really questioning it as well. But ultimately, like falling back on on the fundamentals of what, you know, your upbringing and, and, and what really got you to there in the first place, which is, you know, your belief, your self-belief, what was brought up around you. Like I was brought up in a very Catholic family, Uh, My mother's a very strong Irish Catholic and that pays absolute dividends in in my faith moving forward. And, you know, a lot of what I talk about in that song is about trying to figure out who I am. You know, I felt for a while I was completely lost. And then that kind of expulsion of like, oh my God, I need to, you know, figure out what my direction in life is. And, you know, you turn to so what you know and and what you were brought up with and you you stand on the edge and you you scream at the sky and you speak to god and you you ask for that path and you know it doesn't always come to you in in a burning bush or a conversation but it will manifest to you in a way in which you feel strength and you feel passion towards something and and that really is is where that song kind of drove home what I wanted to do and and how I wanted to approach, you know, being in a band and, and, and being a driving force for the rest of my life.
2: something with you living in London. I do know that some cities aren't overly comfortable with bands that share a Christian worldview. Mm. So, what is it like in London? Is it diverse enough a scene to include Confessions of a Traitor?
0: It's not a diverse scene, if I'm perfectly honest. And you are actually quite vilified for having that. And it's almost kind of laughed at um, that it's looked at as what people would say is it's forced on you at school. The UK is traditionally a, a Christian country, whether you be Catholic or Protestant. Um, there are a lot of Christian schools, a lot of Catholic schools, and you're taught in school, you know, religious education, very Christian-based, and, you, you know, you sing hymns at school. And a lot of kids feel that it's pushed onto them, and it's not a belief that they share you know in the metal scene there, there just isn't a scene for christian metal it just doesn't exist in the uk and in the america it is just something completely different it's a completely unique um ecosystem to have faith-based bands like i know of maybe one other in the uk that's how small it is
2: that's wild because here so many of the venues that i go to see some of the christian metal bands play what percentage of the crowd is Christian? Minimal.
0: Yeah. Obviously, as we've been signed to FaceDown, we kind of garner a, a, a better, I guess, view on how many Christian bands there are. And I, I'm on Reddit, and there was a question that popped up on the R Metalcore sub, subreddit, and it was, you know, why are there so many Christian-based metalcore bands? And I had to take a moment and think, and I was like, "Why are there so many?" Um, and I, I, I've been meaning to check back in just to look at people's responses, but there are an, an absolute ton of them. Uh, but you're right, yeah. You know, actually, to be fair, I've never been to a metal show in, in the states, so I don't know what it is like. But I did see a video of Wolves at the Gate recently, and their guitarist talking about his faith on stage, and he was getting heckled. And I was I felt really, really bad for him because he was just, you know, speaking his message. And it almost feels like a little bit of a joke to some people. I guess that's just the way that they feel about it.
2: And then you wonder, why was that person even there to see the band?
0: I do believe that you can enjoy music, you know, and you, you separate the message from what it is, and you can just enjoy the music for what it is. And then, you know, a lot of people that I talk to who like Christian bands, you know, you'd be like, oh, that's a Christian band. They're like, no, it's not. And you're like, read the lyrics. And then they'll go away and read the lyrics and be like, oh, oh, man, I didn't realize that. (laughs) Yeah, like you've been singing along to good old Christian ballads.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's hilarious. Now, something that really surprised me is that Confessions of a Traitor... Release the EP Press Start to Play during 2021, yeah. and that was right in the heart of COVID. Nobody was releasing anything at that point. So how did you manage to put it together?
0: So my workspace is my living room where I, have, where I do my job, and I've got my exercise bike, and I've got my TV and my Xbox. Uh, that also, by proxy, became our recording studio during lockdown, Oh my. (laughs) So our guitarists came over, they tracked all the guitars in my living room and then we recorded all of the vocals in my living room. And I I remember, because we released Guided in October 2019 and we had all these plans to tour and all these plans for festivals in 2020 and we kicked off the year really well with a a short little run before we were going to jump out onto some bigger tours. And COVID hit. And I said to the guys, I was like, I think this is going to be a bit longer than you think. So let's get busy. Let's get writing. And, you know, they started chucking material at each other. We were sharing stuff online. And I said, look, let's get together, you know, when it's safe and really kind of chuck this together and see what we can do. Because nobody was doing anything. You know, everyone was off work. Everyone was sat at home. So we, you know, in the times that we were allowed to come and see each other, we'd come, we'd write, we'd record Um, And then we we came out with the five track EP, Press Start to Play. And we scattered them out over 2020 and 2021 to kind of keep people interested in us and make sure that they were, you know, that we were staying relevant during this time. But all the while knowing that we were writing uh, the album, Punishing Myself Before God Does in the background, it was used as a bit of a gap filler for us to sit and, and write that material. And the entire album was recorded before Press Start to Play was even out.
2: Well, what I can't figure out is, how did your neighbours feel about this? The police <laughs> Having a metal were band called, recording there yeah, beside them.
0: The police were called a number of times. And um, <laughs> the uh, police officers who came to the door uh, said that they had been uh, reports of screaming and they thought that there was a domestic abuse going on. And they were like, can we come in? And I said, absolutely. And they saw four bearded men stood in my living room. And they said, oh, okay, all right, uh, we'll leave you to it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that explains why you actually included a song called Hostile Work Environment.
0: (laughs) Well, the EP itself is actually based off games that I played. I'm I'm an avid gamer. And each of the songs from the EP are based off uh, games that I was playing during lockdown. And I thought you know, as a fun little task, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll write some lyrics and it just manifests itself into, you know, an EP that way. And I I didn't really intend. I just thought, you know, I'll take little anecdotes and little sayings from here. And I thought, well, why don't we do a little bit of a concept EP and, and see, see how it goes. Hi, this is Stephen McConville from Confessions of a Traitor. You're listening to The Antidote, where Christian music doesn't suck.
2: COVID release. Press start to play with the track Hostile Work Environment. Now comes the important stuff as we get to hear about the new confessions of a traitor release, punishing myself before God does. There's something about your band is that you seem to spend your life on the road. Now that tears some bands apart, Mm. but all of you are good with touring.
0: Yeah, we absolutely love it. Like we honestly cannot get enough of it. This is the thing, like we've toured quite extensively Eastern Europe and Russia, uh, all across Europe, all across the UK. We are a very amicable, very close group of friends first, and the music just happens to flow through us. So we all get on really well. We, we meet up as a group outside of music as well as uh, to do with music, and we just love hanging around each other. So, you know, as much as touring can be incredibly stressful, you've got myself that kind of tour manages the band, uh, and I'm a very chilled out person. So uh, when it's minus 17 degrees, you're three o'clock in the morning, there's snowfall up to your chest, and you're trying to get through uh, the Romanian border with armed guards screaming at you. (laughs) You need a cool head on your shoulders. And thankfully, I, I, I seem to have that true story as well. Oh, seriously? Oh, yeah, I've been held at gunpoint more times than I care to tell you.
2: (laughs) One thing about Confessions of a Traitor is that you've gone through stages of being independent and also having a release on another label.
0: Absolutely. But now
2: you've mentioned about the new album, Punishing Mm -hmm. Myself Before God Does. It has you connected with FaceDown Records. As you would mentioned, that's a natural fit. But how did it come about?
0: So back in 2019 our management at the time reached out to a number of labels when we went label shopping so to speak and jason from face down actually emailed us directly and said look i've i've got your album in front of me i think it's really really good i just kind of wanted to get a gauge on the band and see you know what it is you were about so conversations actually started you know three years ago or over three years ago about working together and we'd actually been sat on guided for quite a while and were really keen on releasing it and I basically timeline didn't kind of mesh up and so we said we'd keep in contact with jason and look to the future to see what we could potentially do together and he said you know keep me updated with the stuff that was going on and when we were going into uh the studio to record punishing myself before god does our new management emg reached out to face down and said that the guys are in the studio and we'll update you with what goes on in there and we laid down the tracks peacekeeper and punishing myself before god does and we got them a rough mix sent over to jason at face down and uh, he signed us off the back of the two tracks without hearing the rest of the album. Wow. You know, I think that spoke volumes for, one, his belief in us, but two, his faith in our ability to, to write music. And when we sent him over the rest of the album, uh, he was like, oh, wow. He's He was super stoked that he kind of banked on us to, to not fluff the rest of the album.
2: <laughs> well, I think they made the right move because... Punishing Myself Before God Does really is a killer album.
0: I really appreciate that. Thank you.
2: Something is, I'm still trying to sort out the album's title song, which says, God may forgive me, but I won't. Forced to face my fears again. God may forgive me, but I won't. This suffering will end. But here's the question is, why should it be so difficult for people to forgive themselves?
0: I guess... When you look at your life and and over the course of your life you naturally make mistakes and you will do stupid things in response to things emotionally or you know you react to a, a situation badly and you'll carry a guilt with you it may not always be the proudest moment of your life or the mistake that you've made and ultimately When I look at this song and I look at where I was when I wrote this, you know, it was in the middle of lockdown. People, you know, were emotionally falling apart. I know a lot of my friends went through very, very difficult breakups with friends and partners and relationships. And, you know, a lot of things were said and done during the pandemic that had it not been a pandemic, it would never have happened I think what's important to remember and, and the message from this, is, as much as it's, it may sound like a negative song or a negative title, it's about learning from your mistakes. And the whole idea of punishing myself before God does is holding on to that guilt, not as like a you should feel guilty at all times, but it's, it's remembering how you felt when you committed that sin or you made that mistake and knowing that. If you know that God is, is, is all good and, and all loving, that he will forgive you, well, then ultimately, have you really learned from your mistake? Have you held on to it and, and learned and grown from it? Because if you know you can be forgiven, then you can just go away and, and keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. So if you hold on to that feeling, not in a negative way, like I said, but in a way that will remind you that that is not the person I am and that's not the thing that I wanna do and that's not how I wanna conduct myself, then you will grow as a person and you will be a, a good person moving forward. And and that's what the message is. It's it's laced in this kind of you know raw emotion and negative feeling, um, which you tend to feel at that acute period of time.
2: You've mentioned about it being emotional. Yeah. That also describes the entire album. And really, the unusual thing is that's not typical of any metal band. Yeah. So, are you actually a closet emo band?
0: <laughs> oh Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, it, you know, as we were writing this, um, the boys uh, were talking to me, and they were like, "Are you okay?" like is everything all right <laughs> um like the lyrics you're coming up with are soul destroying you are right metalcore doesn't tend to be highly highly emotional there's a lot of surface level stuff there there are a few bands that put out some absolute emotional tracks Like i think august burns red are, are really good with that and i think fit for a king or another band that are really good with it and, and currents do Uh, do some work around that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I find that my best writing comes from when I speak from the heart. And I say I'm quite an emotional person. I'm in touch with my emotions and I'm not afraid to talk about them. And I feel that that for a man is very, very important. Men who tend to stay quiet suffer really, really badly. And I feel that if I can share my message of becoming emotionally liberated I hope that that message can resonate with men and and they can talk about their feelings and you know really kind of express who they are some of those songs on that record and I'll pull out a couple just to name a few but forever hollow is brutally emotional um and then the one that I think has actually been resonating with a lot of people online I've seen is to care for those who cared for us You know, they're incredibly emotive tracks. And that track is actually written about my uncle who sadly passed from dementia. But as I was writing that track, um, three of the other members of the band, their family members coincidentally uh, developed dementia and have either died from it or are suffering with it at the moment. So it resonates wholly with the band as you know, a very, very emotional track. You know, I, I think that if you're able to speak from your heart and speak about what you believe in and how you feel, life will be a lot better.
2: And that was the song that I struggled with the most because I watched my mother totally change with Alzheimer's. It's a brutal thing to see.
0: Well, I'm really sorry to hear about that uh, because it is, it's horrible. It's a horrible, horrible thing to go through and, you know, for them and and yourself as well. I think the line that really resonated with me is, I'm grieving while you're still here. Why do I have to do this twice? Mm -hmm. Because while they're still alive, you have to say goodbye to them because fundamentally they're not the same person that you fell in love with. That's right. And, And then when they go, you're grieving again it's a horrible horrible condition so i you know my condolences go to you that is a really really horrible thing to happen
2: I'll say it again, to care for those who cared for us really affected me. I think anyone who has been close to someone who has suffered from dementia or Alzheimer's knows how devastating it can be. Well, let me tell you that next week's guest's music could also be considered emo. Singer songwriter Jackie Minton bridges the gap between faith and mainstream and then asks if there's actually any distance between the two. So yeah, it'll be interesting. Okay, let's hear more from Steve McConville of Confessions of a Traitor and the song Peacekeeper, another of the singles from Punishing Myself Before God Does. See you next time on The Antidote. So you and I spoke about touring. Now, being on an American label, what are the odds of Confessions of a Traitor playing some North American dates?
0: It's happening. It's just a case of when. So it's not a case of if anymore, it's a case of when. Um,
2: That's good news.
0: Uh, it's very good news for us as well, because I feel like you know, we will be able to reach a lot of people who've invested in us quite heavily in the last few months. Um, America is the, the golden goose, so to speak, where people want to play. The issue for us being a, a UK band is, is your visas. So being in the States, it, it costs us roughly about uh, 1500 to £2,000 pounds to get a visa per person. Oh, my. Yeah, before any flights or any travel. So, you know, we thankfully have a very supportive label and an incredibly good management team that are working very hard in securing those visas. Um, and we will be coming over. It's just a case of when. So, yeah, mark my words, I'll I'll be stood face-to-face with you at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Great.
2: I really should be letting you get back to having a life, but I still want to ask about another song, and yep. you've brought it up, Peacekeeper. Yeah. I found it interesting because it brings in a quote from Winston Churchill. Yep. If you're going through hell, keep going. So, now with that quote, I'm thinking that you must be a fan because on the Guided album, you even named a song after him. Yeah. But Peacekeeper has nothing to do with war.
0: I, I mean, it's got... It, it doesn't, in the sense of, like, the, the I say the loosest terms, it does. Winston Churchill's a very interesting character because he's a martyr for the UK. He won World War Two for everybody, but... When we wrote the song Churchill, actually, uh, I wasn't fully aware of his sordid history of racism and and sexism. Um, So, you know, in hindsight, it's probably not a great name for the song. However, there is another quote by him in there. What I am inspired by is the message that he gives through the toughest times. And I think the line, if you're going through hell, keep going is one of the most poignant things I've read in such a long time. Because, you know, Peacekeeper, as much as it's not about war, it's about a war with yourself Mm -hmm. and a war uh, internally. And as much as that may sound like a cliche thing, it is very much like the battle you have every day to fight off your demons, to fight off temptation, to fight off that feeling of depression and anxiety. But... If you battle through it, you will get there. And I think that that whole song is about seeking a better life. Um, you know, as, as it goes into the, the chorus, God, I need to heal. Uh, God, I need to feel. It, it really is so poignant. It's that screaming out like, oh, my God, I, I I'm numb from working so hard at trying to make myself a better person. I just need a respite from all of this maelstrom of pain, but I know I can still push through it, which is the, the next line, I've still got more to give. Um, so, you know, it's about that struggle. Uh, and even when you are at your lowest low, you've still got that, that little bit more to give.
2: Politically, he went through that kind of strife in his own life. I mean, he was on the back bench of the back bench in parliament. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And then suddenly became prime minister. Exactly. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and then turfed out of office almost as quickly as he came in.
0: Yeah. yeah, he, he kind of, They kind of brought him in for the job that he needed to do. And then, you know, they were like, cheers, mate, you're gone. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm hearing two sides of life on punishing myself before God does. You know, you've got the positive and the negative. Which side wins?
0: Always the positive, always. It is, without a doubt, as much as the negative is in there, there is an underlying lace with positivity. You just have to read between the lines on some of the songs. Uh, And as much as some of them are, are quite angry, quite violent, quite aggressive lyrics and quite aggressive songs, there is, if you look hard enough, there will be a positive message that comes from it even if it is just the catharsis of me getting my feelings and emotions down onto paper that for me is the catharsis to release that negative energy so like we are you know faith-based as they come as christian as they come but we have to draw on those those real life scenarios because that's what faces us every day and we have to show that we are a positive and we embrace the positivity, that's the message that we ultimately want to spread.
2: Steven, thanks for being so patient and putting up with me. I'm glad you're able to come for this talk with The Antidote.
0: No, I really, really appreciate it. Like before I sign off, you've got a great voice for radio, let me tell you that now. <laughs> it's so soothing. I was just I was really enjoying it, to be fair. So I really appreciate you and thank you so much for having us on today.